Hello and welcome to the Modern Casanova podcast with your host, Troy Francis. Hi and welcome to the show. It's great to be here with you guys. It's great to be speaking with you again. Uh, I have to start the show this week with an apology because last week I missed an episode and I feel really bad about that because I'd always intended this to be a weekly show and it has been a weekly show up until now, until last week when I dropped the ball and I didn't put a podcast out. So I have to man up and own up to that. And I am sorry um, for those regular listeners. I know there are people who listen to the show every week and you're probably hoping to hear the new episode and it wasn't forthcoming. So I am sorry about that. Um, As you know, if you follow my website, I update that on a daily basis with new content and you know, so far I've been able to do that. So there's been new content on there every day. And I do believe in consistency in anything that you do. I do think that consistency is is really, really important. And, you know, we need to be consistent, not only in terms of things like day game and approaching and night game, but also our business endeavors, work. Um, and in my case, that means creating content, creating useful content and putting it out there and so yes I dropped the ball last week so apologies for that and it's a shame really because um, I was in Ibiza as you may know if you've been following my blog and I quite liked the idea of doing an episode from Ibiza and I wanted to and for a number of reasons it didn't happen which I'll explain briefly in a minute but um, yeah I, I, I don't think it would have made any difference particularly to the show or to the quality of the show or anything else but um, I did quite like the idea of doing an episode live from Ibiza because um, it's one of my favourite places well perhaps that's no longer true but it's certainly been a place that I've been to many many times and had some great times there and um, there's some kind of interesting aspects to it as far as game is concerned as well so there is some relevance but um, it wasn't to be why was that well I don't have a particularly great excuse to be honest Um, it's as I've said in various posts and on Twitter I think it's very hard to well Ibiza is not a particularly conducive place to doing work, really. Um, It is possible. It's absolutely doable. Um, I put new content up every day while I was there. Um, And, you know, I did various other pieces of work as well. So it's absolutely possible. But it's not ideal. I think the way that you would have to do it is to say you've got an apartment in Ibiza town and you had a really nice air-conditioned apartment somewhere in the city that's kind of far away from everything, then you could probably do it then. As it was, I was staying in Playa del Bossa, which is one of the beach resorts. Um, And basically, it's kind of like a party 24 hours a day there. So you've got techno music playing all over the place. It's really hot. I mean, it was was hot as hell there for the five days I was there. Um, You've got beautiful girls wandering around in bikinis everywhere. Um... Which is no bad thing, but it doesn't help in terms of the concentration. Um, And also, because there's parties going on every night, um, I was doing some night games, so I was going out and about, going to to different parties and so on. And, you know, and, and I'm feeling this here, actually, now I'm back in Berlin. 
it's really, really hard um, to combine uh, night game with being usefully productive during the day. Now, as I said, I'm now back in Berlin for a bit, and here it's much, much more conducive to to doing work. It's a um, you know, it's a working city. It's a major European city, and it's a working city. So people come here and they you know they they're, they're creative. They become artists or writers or you know, they have digital businesses and so on. And it's very much geared up for that in a way that perhaps Ibiza isn't. But, you know, no excuses nevertheless. Um, I should have got it done and I didn't. So, again, apologies for that. But um, good to be back on track. Good to be back in Berlin. Ibiza, I, you know, I, I, I wanted to do some content out there because you get all these pickup guys, these people with game channels and websites and it's all about Eastern Europe you know it's all about I went to Ukraine and I met this hot girl and blah 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 or I went to Poland and you know etc and all of that stuff's great and um, I was meant to be going to Ukraine actually Um, it's been postponed Um, but I am going to Estonia later this week so I'll be doing a little bit of uh, content from there hopefully but um, yeah I mean all of that stuff's great but it's kind of been overdone a, a little bit and I wondered if there'd be some value in doing some content from Ibiza. And um, I put some articles up and hopefully you found those entertaining and useful. Um, But I I don't know whether I've fallen out of love with that place a little bit. As I say, I've been there many, many times over the years. It's a a mecca for dance music in Europe. Um, Along with Berlin, it's the sort of electronic music capital of Europe, if you like. Um, It's like Vegas, but the music is, well... There is less commercial music than you get in Vegas. Um, the scene is becoming more commercial over there, and that's one of the problems with it, actually. But um, it's also a very, very beautiful island. It's a very beautiful place. You've got great sea, great beaches, um, great sunsets. It's just a naturally, incredibly, um, sorry, a incredibly attractive place to go, and it's got a very special feeling about it. But... Um, you know, that all of that being said, it's it's getting more, it's getting commercialised. It's perhaps not what it was um, some time ago. Although, you know, I sound like an old an old guy now, and of course I am. You know, to some extent, I am an old guy. So that's that's a bit negative. It's still a hell of a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, I had a good time. I had a good time there. But um, I'm very happy to be back in Berlin because I think really I'm more of a city person anyway. I just think it suits my lifestyle more and. You know, then we could go on to talk about Berlin, which I won't for too long because this isn't a travel podcast. But um, Berlin is a hell of a lot of fun, you know. And there's a lot of distractions here as well, to be fair. I mean, I went to the Kit Kat Club on Saturday night and I did some night game there. And you can read about that if you go to my site. But, um, yeah, I mean, I was out until Sunday morning, 6 in the morning. And that's pretty much wiped me out. I mean, Sunday was... I managed to get the minimum amount of work done on Sunday. Um, and, you know, that, that was kind of it. And then today, even, I, I had a very productive morning. And then I found myself, you know, really, really tired. I'm still yawning now, so apologies for that. Um, really tired uh, sort of in the mid-afternoon. I took a nap for a bit, you know. I just And, and I... When I think about it now, that's, that must be attributable to the all-nighter that I pulled at the Kit Kat Club because, you know, I don't normally get so tired. And 
this is a theme that um, I've talked about a little bit recently, which is how you kind of incorporate night game into your routine. Because I, I'm still very much a fan of night game. I think night game is a, is a, a force for good. <laughs> if, you, if I can put it like that. I think, it, you know, it, it, Night Games had some bad stick recently, even on things like Return of Kings. Um, and, um, you know, I think Roosh wrote an article a while back about the death of Night Game. We did a podcast on it, actually, uh, about the death of Night Game. And I agreed. In, in general, I agreed with, with what he had to say. Because um, I think Night Game is harder than it was. I think, you know, I, I think you can't understate the impact of, the apps, so things like Tinder, as well as Instagram and other dating sites and apps and so on, on the market, you know, because that that must have an effect. And I think the reality is that, you know, girls no longer need to go to clubs um, to meet to meet guys in the way that they, they used to perhaps do. So immediately you've got that issue. And secondly, you know, they're expensive, they're loud, they go on very late, um, You've got to pay cover charge. You've got cock blocks. You've got other guys there who are vying for her attention. You, you know, there's, there's this whole slew of, um, you know, things that you have to deal with in night game that you don't get when you do day game, which is just basically going up to a girl in the street who's, who's fit and um, saying hello and introducing yourself and having a chat. You know, in night game, there are all of these other things that you have to deal with. Having said that, I think where night game really comes into its own and where night game is is sort of undervalued by people is that you are not swimming against the tide in night game in a way that you kind of are a little bit in day game because in night game it's it's completely it's expected that people are going to hook up it is there's no social issue with approaching it's expected you might get rejected but um, the girl's not going to be sort of surprised that you've approached and actually a lot of the time approaching is welcomed because in spite of what I just said you know girls still go out and hope to meet guys and they, they're still and even if they're not they're still flattered when it happens and if there's a high value male comes into her space and um you know makes himself known to her then you know she is likely to go for it if um the circumstances are right so you know, it, it, whereas in day game, you not only have you got to create attraction, not only have you got to approach the girl and, you know, sell your wares, if you like, and put yourself forward as an attractive, sex-worthy guy, but you're also a little bit swimming against that convention that people just don't meet in that way. You know, it is still unusual, really, to walk up to somebody outside um, McDonald's and get chatting to them and then ask for their phone number. You know, it doesn't happen very often. And as much as day gamers will dress it up and say, yeah, but it's like a romantic movie, it's like a rom-com and blah, blah, blah. Yes, that's true and that can be the case, but you are still doing something that is, um, let's say, unusual or unconventional to say the least. And in my view, that's why a lot of day game phone numbers end up flaking because even if you've generated you know a nice little bit of excitement and attraction in the moment when the girl goes home and thinks about it or when she talks to her friends or you know her, her sister or whatever and says yeah I met this random guy it was outside Woolworths um he seemed kind of cute he asked for my number then they're going what the 
what the hell are you talking about? That's 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 ridiculous. That never happens. You know, you think some random guy off the street, you're going to go and meet up with him. What are you doing? Um, and I, I suspect that that's why a lot of day game sets don't really go anywhere. Um, whereas with night game, it's just an easier story to tell, both to the girl's friends and also to herself. You know, I met the guy in the club. I met the guy in the bar. He was really nice. We talked for half an hour. Um, you know, we can meet up. We're going to meet up. It's just an easier story to tell. Now, it might not be as good a story to tell as, oh, I met this guy through friends and he's a lawyer and we're going to go for dinner. You know, that, I mean, there, there are probably degrees of um, ways in which girls would like to meet guys and maybe the club, club bar thing isn't at the top, but it's certainly not unconventional. It's certainly not going against the grain of what society expects. And like it or not, I think there is some value in that um, because you're not sort of going against something that she, you know, you're, you're, you're not um, making her wariness um, transmitters prick up and start to vibrate and for her to get a bit freaked out by the whole thing. It's a very normal thing. And on the night game issue as well, you know, there's a lot of talk. I mean, when I started in game, it was back in the mystery method time around the time when the game came out and, you know, we would go to nightclubs. People would go to nightclubs and, you know, get phone numbers, really. I mean, we weren't even particularly going out for one-night stands as such because there was this idea from mystery that it would take seven hours um, to build sufficient comfort with a girl to sleep with her. So you would, you know, effectively it would it would be a, day, a couple of dates or it would, you know, it would be meeting her in the club and then at least one other date before you'd, you'd be able to sleep with her because you needed this average of seven hours to make her comfortable enough to go through with it. Now, of course, now, you know, we, we know that that's, that's not true and actually it can happen a hell of a lot quicker than that. But um, there was a, a, you know, when people were following the game to the letter, there was a feeling that that, that was what was needed. And so people were going to clubs and, you know, chatting up girls and maybe getting makeouts and stuff and getting phone numbers and then going away and then getting the girls to come out on dates at another time. And then there was this complete 180 where people just suddenly started saying, well, that's ridiculous. If you don't, if you don't escalate in the, in the night, then you're never going to see her again. You know, you've got to, you've got to have sex with her that night. Otherwise that's it. It's wasted. You're never going to, you know, she's, she's going to move on. She's going to have a, a million likes on Tinder the next day. Why is she going to remember about you and blah, blah, blah. Now, actually, that viewpoint isn't accurate either, in my experience. Um, yes, it, it's a bit like dating. I mean, yes, of course, in a way, it's better to have sex as early as possible from your point of view, not only because that may well be your only end objective anyway, um, but secondly you know, the longer that you leave it, the more questions may come into her mind and, you know, the more the more chance there is for it to end up not happening, if you like. Um, and the same is true, <clears throat> the same is absolutely true of um, Night Game as well. I mean, yes, it, it, it's better if you can meet the girl in the club and then go to have 
sex with her that night because then the deed is done. Now, it may turn out that then it's just a one-night stand and that's fine. Equally, you may have sex, but it may be really good and you get on with her very well and then it turns out that you can, you know, you want to see her again and she's up for that and you end up sort of dating her for a while or something. So, you, you know, yes, in an ideal world, that would be the best thing to happen perhaps, but you know, as with dating, the truth of the matter is not all girls are going to go home with a guy on the first night. And particularly not all girls are going to go home with a guy that they've met in the club that first night. Um, some girls just won't do it in the same way that with the best will in the world, when you're dating, as much as dating coaches will, like me will say, oh, you know, try escalate on the first night, go for, go for the lay on the first date and everything. The, the truth of the matter is that a lot of girls, and I, I mean, I speak from my experience in London and also now Berlin to some extent, um, you know, a lot of girls still work to a two-date model, really, which is the first date, <clears throat> she will come out and you'll have a drink and um, you'll get to know each other a bit. And then on the second date, she'll sleep with you. And the same is very true of clubs. I mean, whatever pickup stuff that you read, whatever, you know, whatever you... Uh, uh, you know, videos that you watch or, or whatever else. I mean, yes, of course, clubs are ideally set up to pull one night stands from, and it does happen a lot. But equally, as I say, there are a lot of girls out there who just won't do it. They're just not going to go home with whoever it is. They're not going to go home with that guy on the first night because they just don't want to be perceived as that kind of girl. You know, they just don't want to do that. So, you know, so so what is the player supposed to do? He's supposed to just go, okay, fine. Well, I'm not going to take a phone number because that's going to, not going to work either. So so fuck it, you know, and and waste that opportunity. I mean, no, that's that's to me that's nonsense. I mean, I still take phone numbers in clubs, or I go Facebook, or uh, you know, Instagram, or whatever it is these days, and um, and contact them, and it does work. They do respond. They do come out on dates. You can get laid through it. You know, I mean. I think while it is undoubtedly true that's, that social media and hookup apps have changed things, I don't think things have changed that dramatically. I don't think we're living in this kind of dystopia where you know nobody meets in the in the in the analog world anymore. It's all just you know digital hookups and you know if and, and that's it. I, I think that that's been overstated, and so I think. <coughs> Just with just as with day game, you know, you, you're in a club, you're in a bar, you get talking to the girl, you 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 show some value, you flirt, you sexualize, you know, you escalate. I think fine to, to take her number and to text her afterwards. Now, um, you know, the next day or whatever. <clears throat> no guarantees, of course, but there never are any guarantees anyway. Um, but to say outright that it never works is not in line with my recent experiences anyway put it like that so um you know recently I'm trying to think really i mean so recently i met um a polish girl in Kit Kat club as she was leaving in berlin and um we got talking and you know in the end she gave me her well she gave me her facebook actually and um we met for a date and we had a very nice time made out uh, tried to escalate for the lay, but she um, she's a she's a, a nice Polish girl, so she wouldn't 
do it. But uh, you know, but now we're, she's she's on holiday for a bit. But we're in contact and everything, and you know, I, I don't see any fundamental difference between having met her in that way and had I met her through a day game approach. It's to me, it just seems exactly the same. You know, she's now sort of in the pipeline. We are talking. Um, you know, when she's back here and I'm I'm here, then we'll you know hopefully meet up and we'll take it from there. You know. Um, to me, it's just exactly the same thing. In the same way that I wouldn't say to a day game person, "Oh, you know, you should bang around the first day directly from the streets." I think the same thing from the club is is also true. You know, getting the contact details and following up afterwards is fine. And of course, you know, not all numbers are going to go anywhere, but equally, not all day game numbers go anywhere either. So, you know, I think fundamentally you know you need to be getting out there you need to be talking to girls you need to be sparking attraction and then you need to if you're not able for whatever reason to close on that occasion and and a lot of the time that's just because she's not going to do it you know she just isn't she just isn't going to do that with you the very first time you meet then take contact details and follow up. It's, it's very simple. It's, it's the same model that, that's always been used. Um, and it works. You know, it works. It doesn't, you know, so don't believe the naysayers who tell you that it doesn't because it, it does, you know. It, it can still absolutely work, even in 2017, that you meet a girl in a techno club, you take her phone number and you go for a date the following Tuesday night. It absolutely, it works, it happens. People get laid through it. It's completely normal. So don't shut that prospect off in your mind. So um, I've actually gone on for a little a little while longer than I'd anticipated about that. Um, what I actually wanted to talk about today, and it kind of links in really, is um, a, around a post that I wrote earlier about the issue of the sting of rejection, I suppose, from a hot girl, you know. The, um, yeah, you know, the, the sting of that rejection, the feeling bad, the desire to avoid interactions, to avoid escalation, <clears throat> because you're scared about how it's going to turn out. You are worried that it's not going to go well and your self-image and ego are going to be damaged as a consequence of that. And I put out an article today after talking to a friend of mine, uh, a guy I know on Twitter, I'm sure he won't mind me mentioning his name, it's Craig Cassidy. He, um, he, he works with Tom Torero and he also um, puts out his own content um, as well and he has his own website. So if you search for Craig Cassidy, you'll, um, you'll be able to see his stuff and he's got some really great, uh, some really great content out there and he, he coaches day game as well. Anyway, we were having a conversation basically saying, you know, it's funny because if you become known for talking about game, if you become known as a day game or you become known as a pickup artist or a pickup coach or, you know, whatever it is, then it's almost as if you get put into this box where people, for one thing, probably think that, you know, you never get rejected or things never go wrong or, um, you know, you're just getting laid at the drop of a hat every day. And secondly, or, well, they, they either think that or they're incredibly sceptical, which is another whole thing. And, you know, and fair enough, really. I mean, people have got a right to be to be sceptical. But um, 
Um, and on that, by the way, I think you can tell. I think you can. I think you, I think people are discerning enough, really, to be able to get a sense from somebody's content. You know, whether they're actually living the life or not, whether they're actually doing this or not. Um, and I would hope that people reading my content can see you know, that um, this is stuff that's based in lived experience. And, you know, and what I try to do with my content is really just to talk about things that have happened to me, talk about situations that I've been in, girls that I've met, um, the kinds of clubs that I've been to, the kinds of locations that I've been to, the kinds of situations and interactions that I've had, and then try to pull out something universal from that. So... It might be that, you know, I meet some crazy Lithuanian party girl in Ibiza. It might be that I meet um, a girl who's into bondage and spanking from Hungary in a club in London. You know, it might be that I meet somebody who, in Berlin who is, um, you know, a rich girl who's kind of gone off the rails. You know, there's been a variety of these of these characters recently. And what I try to do particularly in my articles, is to sort of describe things that are happening for me, but then to, to hopefully bring out something that's useful to you. Because it, I don't want it just to be, there's no point in it just being a memoir of my dating life. You know, that may or may not be interesting to a few people. But it, it, what I hope that I do, and certainly what I, what I work towards doing, is to bring out sort of universal truths or universal facts that can be derived from these situations that I find myself in. Because, you know, you guys, you, you know, you are not necessarily going to end up in the same situations as me. I mean, I uh, go to these kind of weird, crazy parties like Kit Kat Club and Torture Garden in Berlin, um, Torture Garden in London, um, Killing Kittens, things like this. I also go to normal clubs and parties, by the way, as well. But I do have an interest in these kind of slightly more um, – niche kind of um sexually themed things um and you might not be into that that may not just not be your bag and fair enough you know I, I don't blame you for that at all um but I think regardless of um you know where I meet these girls or the sort of the kinds of girls there are I think there are still universal things that I can draw out and hopefully that's what you know I'm able to do with the blog and um you know, in the, the articles that I write and so on. Um, so where was I going with that? Let me think. Um, so, so yeah, so talking about the, the sting of um, rejection. But, you know, even in doing all of this, you know, I've, I've been creating content around the, this subject area for, I don't know, four years now. Um, and even before that, you know, I was um, doing, I was writing about it. I was doing reports on the, very sadly, um, now defunct uh, London Seduction Society Forum, the LSS, which was a great forum um, back in the day that's now been discontinued. But, um, you know, we used to write lay reports on there, field reports about going out and meeting girls, lay reports after we'd had sex with them and so on. And, um, yeah, so I've been creating content around this for a long time. I've been doing it for a long time, going out, meeting different girls. Um I have been, I have been um, out in the field doing game for a long time. So it's it's stuff that I've been, and, and also as well, I've been reading other resources and watching other resources for a very long time. So I've got a very good idea of what works for me, 
out in the field, what works for other guys that I know personally, and also I know a lot of I know you know all of the theory that you want to know from having read um, and consumed content by the you know most of the other big names in the whole game pickup space. So you know if there was a, a degree course in this shit, then I would you know. Um, I would be coming out with a distinction. If there was a master's in it, you know, I'd be coming out with, with distinction because I know a lot about it. But that doesn't mean that everything goes my way because it absolutely doesn't. And, um, you know, I was trying to articulate this in the article today. It's sort of like um, knowing the theory, knowing and knowing intellectually why something should go a certain way and why it might go another way doesn't always necessarily translate into real life because in real life so many variables come into play that it's almost impossible to prepare for fully. Um, For a start you're dealing with human beings and human beings are inherently illogical and inconsistent so you know or or rather they are not I mean illogical is perhaps the wrong word but they're very complex and you don't know the complex machinations that are going on in their in their minds um and you don't know how they're going to behave and what they're going to respond to really so you know overall when we when we write about game when we talk about game you know we're talking about overall kind of mega meta uh, trends and um, uh, you know patterns, if you like. Uh, but on the micro level, on the individual goal level, I mean, really, it's you know you, you're having to rely on instincts and you're having to rely on experience and on to some degree guesswork. And things can go wrong. You know, you can mess things up, and I, I mess things up, and um, I uh, met this very very attractive. Um, girl from Belarus a couple of weeks ago that I've written about on the site. And um, we had some very flirty sort of text messages and banter and stuff. And um, I ended up meeting her in a club on Saturday night in Berlin. Um, Not just her. I was with a couple of friends and she was with um, a couple of her friends. Quite odd. (laughs) Quite odd uh, friends actually as well, but that's another thing. And... um, yeah, you know, I think I may have messed it up. I think I've messed it up. And the way that I messed it up, I think I over-sexualized the, um, the interaction. And it was there was one particular point, and she was... Um, uh, how can I put this? Um, I basically said she'd been a bad girl, and I said, I think you need a spanking. And she looked at me, and she said, that's, that's too much, that's too much. Now, given the context of where we were... We're stood in the middle of Kit Kat Club, which is like this fetish party in the middle of Berlin. You know, you've got naked people wandering around. You've got people whack spanking each other with, you know, whips and things. I mean, there's all kinds of crazy shit going on. Given that context, um, you know, you wouldn't think that what I'd said was particularly out of whack. But I kind of met this girl through, well, I met this girl through a 12-step recovery group that I go to, which means that... It was sort of social circle and, you know, um, I don't really know 
how to articulate this except to say that um, I, perhaps the incongruence between the way that the sort of the sort of the image that she would have had of me before, and then me coming out with this mega sexual frame, could have frightened her off a little bit. Or you know, more simply than that, it could have just frightened her off a bit because. What I found is that um, before I got into game, you know, I, like like most guys, I thought you know you had to be very polite around women, and you you know you couldn't make sexual references, and um, it all had to be very you know had to be very careful about everything. Um, and then I got into game, and I realised actually, you know, they're all they're all crazy, they're all up for it, like anything. So you can be very very sexual and very suggestive and very innuendo laden, and they love it. And actually, not only do they love it, but it, it you know, it, it helps your cause. It doesn't hinder your cause. It actually likely gets them turned on and it, it gives you a greater opportunity. Um, but you can overplay it. You know, you can overplay the game. You can, and I, I forget sometimes because I've done it so many times and I've been sort of flirty and naughty and overly suggestive with girls so many times that sometimes, ironically now, my, my sticking point is that I push it too far. You know, I'm too sexual. I'm too sort of um, on heat the whole time, I suppose. Um, and actually, in a way, that's sort of my tactic. You know, what I kind of like to do is to be very, very sexual with them. So it, it, it basically um, pushes them in that direction, if you like, you know. And, and certainly, I want to make it unequivocal that um, I am interested in them sexually. I don't want to get into any kind of friend zone type situation. So, but you know, um, anyway, um, after that... Um, we didn't really hang out the whole night anyway. We had some pretty flirty kind of banter and stuff. And then the next day she didn't, I texted her. I sent her a, a very brief message. She didn't reply. And then today, I th and, and you know, I thought then, well, I, I think I think I put her off. I think she's not, I think she's not, you know, this is it, you know. And it, it, it stung because for a start, she's really hot. I mean, she's very, very attractive. And secondly, um, it seemed like a bit of an open goal to be honest, because she'd already sent me a text message saying that she was thinking about sleeping with me. So, you know, to mess something up that is, A, with a, a you know, a high-value woman, but also, B, with um, somebody who it would appear was 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 interested anyway, is a is a real kick in the balls, to be honest. You know, I mean, you look at it, oh, for fuck's sake, how can I, how can I have messed that up? How can that have gone wrong? And, um, so, you know, going back to the, the pickup artist thing or the player thing, I mean, I feel like that despite the fact that I have abundance, you know, because actually there are other girls on the go who I've written about, um, some that I have, you know, maybe I haven't. And, um, you know, there are other, there are other opportunities out there. You know, I have, I have abundance. Um, so it's not that, you know, it's not that I'm relying on this particular girl in order to to be sexual with somebody because that's not the case. You know, there are other there are other options for me, and I can create further options by going out and doing more games. So, you know, <clears throat> it's not as if all's lost from that point of view. But we do meet these girls. I think all of us who particularly resonate with us for whatever reason. You know, maybe they're particularly attractive, or um, maybe they are. I don't know, we just get on with them particularly well or, or whatever it is. Um, and it does sting, you know, and you it's hard to get around that. Now, the only thing that I would say is that it stings a lot less 
than it would if you were the blue pill guy who has no other options. Because then you're in a really bad situation because then, you know, it's messed up with this, this one girl you met and you thought maybe there was a chance something was going to happen and it's messed up and it's not going to happen. And that is a really, really dark place to be in. And I'm certainly not in that place at all. Um, <coughs> but it is annoying. It is frustrating. It can, it can sting. It can upset you. It can put you in a bad mood for a period of time. Um, but... What I would say, and I have to say this to myself as much as as people listening, is that you can't allow the idea that something may not work out the way you want it to, to stop you from taking action, you know. And I think that in the past has been one of my biggest sticking points, not taking action or, or at least not following through with action as much as I could because I'm afraid that it's, it's not going to work out and it's going to dent my ego. You know, so it could be I don't approach because I think she's going to reject me anyway and I'm going to feel really bad. Or I do approach, but then I eject really early because I think, well, I'm not going to push it because it's not going to work anyway. Or, <clears throat> and this is a classic one, although I don't, I, do, I don't tend to do this one so much now, but um, you have an interaction and then you don't go for the number at the end because you think, well, you know, I'm too, I, I feel too shy to ask for the number, so I'm not going to do that. And then you kick yourself because you think, oh, but I could have texted her and blah, blah, blah. Or you, <clears throat> you get the number, but then you don't text. Or, <clears throat> you know, you don't pursue it because you worry that um, your ego is going to be dented. And I think the message of this podcast really is you can't let fear about the outcome prevent you from taking action. You can't let fear about what it's going to do to your self-esteem prevent you from taking the action that you need to take. Um, And that's, as I say, as much to remind myself of that particular point as it is to remind everybody else. So I hope that's been useful. I hope you've got something from that. Let's see what happens with the Belarus girl. Let's see what happens with the Hungarian girl, who may be coming over here quite soon. Um, I've got various other uh, bits and pieces on the go as well. So um, abundance is certainly um, at the forefront in the Troy Francis household, so all is good there. Um, Yeah, and that's it. I've got – I'll be having – I'll be giving you some news on a new book very, very soon. So hot on the heels of How to Get Hot Girls Into Bed, the um, compilation book, if you like, uh, of a lot of writing that I've done for Return of Kings and other um, outlets. So you can find that on Amazon now. Uh, great introduction to my writing and to my game principles. Uh, but there is another there is another book that is in the, in the works uh, that's been edited. Uh, the cover is done. The cover looks great. And that will be coming to you very, very soon. So I'll be giving you some more details on that in the next week or so. Okay, so I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. Please do get in touch with me through Twitter or my site if you have any questions or comments to make. And I look forward to speaking with you again soon. Bye-bye.